I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM. And it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content. And we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable, too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. conversation about movies you may have missed in theaters that are now available to watch at home on streaming services. Each month we dig into the archives and watch a film that Pete and Andy talked about in their trailer picks. We watch it and have a very spoilery conversation about it. Today we are talking about Triple Nine. This was Andy's pick from November 13th, 2015. Today is May 10th and Triple Nine is available on Amazon Prime. Before we go any further, you should check out our ever-expanding back catalog for this show and its sibling shows over at thenextreel.com. 
If you've stumbled upon us, you can subscribe in your favorite podcast app or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Next Reel. And it doesn't matter if you've just discovered us or if you've been listening for years, you can become part of The Next Reel community for as little as $1 a month. With your support as a patron on patreon.com slash the next reel, you get invited into our online discord discussion group where there's always an engaging conversation about films. Plus you get exclusive weekly Saturday matinee episodes hosted by a changing rotation from the film board gang of thugs talking about movie news, trailer picks and lists. Right now, everybody's still talking about infinity war. <laughs> Spoiling. <laughs> Spoiling Infinity War, but it's well, still you, a good conversation about it. It, it is. It, it's going to be the movie of the summer to talk about. For that's, sure. Yes. That's going to be the one. Well, there'll, there'll be some surprise. I'm sure that'll yeah. catch us off guard. We'll, we'll see what happens with Solo coming later this month. Don't forget Deadpool 2. <laughs> As I mentioned, you know, last Saturday matinee, there are so many things coming out this summer. I, I got to make sure I stay ahead of it. Otherwise, I'm going to end up like behind and being ridiculed and mocked online because I haven't seen something. So. Out here, there is no good and there is no bad. To survive out here, you gotta outmonster the monster. Can you do that? Give him hell, baby. Bye, Dad. Everybody listen up. Marcus, you got a new partner. Allow me to introduce Chris. Hey, so can we talk about this? Hell no. <laughs> well, for Triple Nine, when Andy picked this, he said he was impressed by the cast and that it looked like an intense crime thriller that he was really looking forward to seeing. The cast is huge. Oh, th- this this cast amazing is so. You've got the Marvel Cinematic Universe represented. You've got the DC Cinematic Universe represented. You've got yes, The you Walking do. Dead represented. So right. there's a, a ton of familiar faces in this yep. one. So, yeah. What was really interesting was that we had scheduled this to be our February 2016 film board. Yeah. But there was some last-minute scheduling changes, and we ended up reviewing Hail Caesar. I remember. Instead. I was excited about Triple Nine at that point. So I was just going to ask you, would you have preferred we discuss Triple Nine on the film board in place of Hail Caesar now that you've seen both? Nope. No, not at all. (laughs) I'm really glad we didn't do this movie for it uh, for a number of reasons. Well, first of all, Hail Caesar Caesar wasn't super great. Well, but it was good. It was a Coen Brothers film and it was, you know, it was kind of light. It was it was satirical. It was about Hollywood. It was it was kind of neat in the way that they wove the story. It was it was special. And I'm and I'm talking about all the adjectives I'd apply to Hail Caesar just because none of those adjectives can be applied to triple nine. There are interesting things about this movie. It's extremely intense. It would have been way too much for me to see in the theater. I, in watching it here at home, just the betrayal and the terrible, the the, the terrible things that happened to characters on their face in this movie. I had to walk away multiple times. I think it was a grand total of seven times that I like paused it. I walked into the next room until I could just take a heavy breath and come back to it just because there was so much intensity and it is a police 
film but uh, it's the cop drama in the in the truest sense of the word you know and i feel like it was really trying to be the departed it's a it's in that realm of of betrayal that kind of thing but this is not nowhere near as well executed as a movie like the departed and 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 wasn't as well put together as a movie like hail caesar so um so yeah i'm glad we didn't do it because it would have been really hard for me to watch in the theater how about you uh yeah you know i wondered why we didn't do this you know at triple nine as the film board and i kept thinking afterwards when we moved it i kept wanting to come back to that to come back to it so that i could see it because we there was something promising in the trailer and interest in the cast that, that merited it being on the film board and so i always thought well i'm gonna get around to watching that i'm gonna get around to watching it and then it it came and went in theaters and so i it sort of fell a little bit lower on my list and so when it came up as a potential trailer rewind i thought well here's here's my i have no excuse now i'll I'll put we'll put this in the rotation we'll watch this and i sat down and it film started i was like okay (laughs) i'm looking at this cast i'm like all right this is oh man this is good okay those names flying past you at the beginning of the movie you're just like wow yeah this is this is is an amazing cast we, we we've got should we tell Edgy of four? We've got Casey Affleck, Anthony Mackie, Woody Harrelson, Aaron Paul, Kate, Kate Winslet. Winslet, Gal Gadot, Norman Reedus. We've got director John Hillcoat, which was a name that I recognized because I had seen The Road. Sure. And I enjoyed that. And that's a, a really heavy and intense film. And so I thought, this looks really promising. And then the movie kept going. And it kept going. <laughs> And everything kept telling me this this should be working. It, it was the exact opposite of a situation where you say something is greater than the sum of its parts. This film is like less than the sum of its parts. You've got all these things that should make this work. And it just, I was bored at one yeah. point. I just, just like, I, I should be caring. I should be, there should be some interest to keep me pulled through this movie. And I just stopped caring. I thought, why am I bored? It's strangely thin. It it doesn't yeah. need to be thin, but it, this could be, you know, and I almost never say this about movies, but this could be a case of where everyone in it is so relatively large from an acting perspective that they didn't really know who to put the onus on for anyone because there's so many people who could be your main character here, right? I mean, and, and they actually feel like they're passing the ball back and forth to the different people as you go through the film. The different acts have different people, but no one's a protagonist. No one is good. No, one, I mean, everyone's kind of just annoying and bad. Like, you, you, you don't really feel bad bad for anyone you kind of just want it to i guess maybe casey affleck for a time but then unfortunately after last year's oscars we all know that he's a crap in real life so it's hard (laughs) for me to like him in this movie now too so but all these things and then and then you've got woody harrelson who's playing a little bit of a caricature in his role right he's this southern detective who's kind of who's kind of rough around the edges he's even maybe a little bit corrupt he does he does drugs on the job that kind of thing and then he's kind of playing it where where Early in the film, I was like, wow, he's actually got a take on what he's doing. But by the end of it, he just feels kind of like he feels like a comic book character. And the same could be said about Kate Winslet. She doesn't do a Russian accent poorly necessarily. But by the end of the film, when you just don't have a whole lot of meat there, you've got all these actors who are really doing things with their roles. But because there's no focus for the from the story's perspective, you don't really become emotionally detached to any of them. And that really hurts the film altogether. Yes, exactly. This was a story that was 
reaching to be something nearly epic. Just there's there's so many storylines going on. It was trying to capture something really large and weighty, but it it was the exact opposite of that. And I I could I could see how things were being structured. Okay. This is how things are, I think, are going to play out. This is what's going to make sense. This, I can see how it's going to start to come together, but I don't care. And so we, I mean, the, 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 so the, to set things up, we've got, you know, a, a group of guys who are, from the beginning, we learned they've got to pull off these jobs for this, this, you know, Russian mob. And so there's there's some reason why they're, you know, indebted to them for something that we don't know, but they've got to do. So they do the one last job and then it's like, well, no, there's actually one more. So I thought, OK, I've, I've seen this before. So we've got to get the team together again. They think they're done. So they're going to have to do the last job. So clearly something's going to go wrong because it's, the you know, the unexpected job. It's going to be something bigger. And this is where we get the title, which is the triple nine, because they, the only way they're going to have enough time to pull off this big job is it's going to take them 10 minutes. And they know the police response is going to be sooner than that. But if an officer is shot, which is a triple nine, then all the police go there. So then the, then I get to this, the point where, Oh, okay. Who's who's sort of the sacrificial lamb? Who is this? Is it going to be just they're going to go after some random cop? Oh, no, I can start to see the pieces. It's going to be Casey Affleck. He's the new partner for Anthony Mackie's character. And there's tension between them. And so I can see how this is starting to move. And I thought, OK, let's see how this plays out. But there was, I don't know. But I, some ways I want isn't introduced he, until like 20 minutes in and then exactly his job and he's just yes. you know he's not really a hero the only thing that makes him really redeeming is that i guess maybe that he's a veteran or or that or that woody harrelson is his uncle i mean there's just really nothing he's oh, got man, a kid just, he's yeah, got a because kid because he's yeah. got a kid but but yeah. so does but so does chiwetelogia for i mean yeah that's the thing like you as a viewer you don't really know where to go your emotions are just kind of pulled in all directions and it just leaves you leaving flat altogether well, yeah, because you start with the the group led by Chuitel and you thought, I think, he's the guy. okay, he's, he's, he's my he, hero. Yeah, he's he's the guy. And then as we realize that he's doing this because his son is sort of being withheld from him as leverage, I thought, okay, father, you're reuniting with son. I've got a reason to to root for this guy. But then that story, we sort of shift away from that as we get into things with Aaron Paul, his brother. You know, Russell, played by Norman Reedus, is killed, and he's in this downward spiral that's not really explained, other than, no. yes, he lost his brother, but okay, so the drugs and the drinking and all of that. So are we focusing on his story, and then we've got Anthony Mackie and Casey Affleck, and that situation, it just, it was almost like ADD. It just couldn't yeah. keep itself focused on one story enough. And I'm fine and with a movie that's got multiple storylines that I can follow, but I didn't know what the the lead story that I'm supposed to be following because you've got your main story and the others that are going to support and feed into that. But because we keep shifting and no story stands out as the strongest, like here's my main character. And by the time we get to the end, we come back to Chuitel and his son. I thought, Oh, this was his story perhaps right. all the way through, but yep. I didn't have a sense of that because he disappears for so much of the movie in the middle. And I, and I can't then- really root for the guy. Right. And then, I mean, jumping ahead to the end, it's like 
everybody pretty much, you know, I mean, it's one of those stories where every, every end just kind of comes, or every story just comes to a bit of an end. And that's not, I mean, it's so unsatisfying throughout and it, it doesn't become more satisfying to the end. There's maybe one big switch when, you know, when if you feel like someone gets shot accidentally, but I mean, it just, yeah, it, it, it didn't execute. All it did was make me feel uncomfortable in the scenes where people were lying or going to come up or going to be ambushed, which happens a, a number of times in this film. Um, uh, and then I, I actually, I will tell you that, you know, there were a number of really big uh, logic problems with the film in that when they execute the triple nine, which they say is an officer is down. Um, and I'm familiar with police codes and I, and I will tell you that I've never heard a triple nine responded that way. So that's interesting to me, first of all, but, but then as they execute a triple nine to pull all the police to one side of the side of the town, and you've got Woody Harrelson gets some sort of mixed ma- message that, 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 um, that his nephew, that, you know, Casey Affleck is the one that's involved. So then they're rushing and they're scre- I mean, there's this long police chase for all the cops to get to the one side of town to go to this triple nine. But the whole way there, he doesn't know whether or not Casey Affleck has been shot. And there's no way that that they they have a radio and they wouldn't be able to confirm that on the way they're going. So you've got this entire emotional stressful suspense thing built up to execute the major the major point of the story that's completely not possible well i guess it's possible but why wouldn't they would have a radio with them they're police officers they would be hearing traffic as they go and they weren't doing that which is really bothersome that was the only emotional part for the film for me because i'm feeling this sort of uncle nephew relationship so i got emotional there but i was either uncomfortable or that and otherwise i was just confused by most of what was going on in this movie I forgot to mention Clifton Collins Jr. in this as yeah. well, who's who sort of near the end of the film reveals he's maybe well. And there's no good guys in this movie, but right, there's none. Yeah, everybody's bad, corrupt people die for various you know nonsensical reasons throughout. <laughs> I just, maybe Casey Affleck is a good guy, yeah, yeah. but he was introduced so terribly. Yeah, I just it doesn't work. Yeah, so I. Yeah, I was really disappointed with this because I saw such potential in the beginning because I, I I did enjoy the first sort of bank heist. And it, it plays along with what you expect. But there were some things that I hadn't seen before. For example, they are going to mislead everybody because when they go in, they're wearing masks and they're going to speak with, either with Spanish accents yeah. or in Spanish to sort of they throw did. people off the trail of of who this group is, which I thought was smart. But then you get the typical, somebody's going to grab some of the bait cash. And then when you're in the car, boom, you know, thing erupts with smoke, whatever in the car. And, and I don't know how those things work. If it's a timing thing, if it's a certain proximity to the, I don't know, I but either. it was, it was a lot. And it's this red all over them. And to those me, are that all was, the movie that posters the, too. They're all yes, the red exactly. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, everything. That was so much in the material. So I thought, okay. And there's a scene shortly thereafter where Anthony Mackey, who is a police officer, is in sort of the the morning meeting and he sees he's got some of it on his pants. And I thought, oh, okay. So this is going to become, it's setting up, Casey Affleck is going to figure out that it's some corrupt cops that are doing this, pulling off these. No, it's not going to be that. They dropped it. Yeah. Immediately. So it, it set up things that it didn't deliver on. It to be one type of film and turn into something else. And then a cast that's capable of delivering really powerful performances that just wasn't given a lot to work with. 
at all from this cast. I, I thought at least one person would have something that would lift that performance above everybody else, but it was all just really mediocre. You know, there yeah. wasn't something there was nobody went 110%. Like, is Kate Winslet going to be just a scenery chewing, raging maniac? Of No, you know, she's playing the, the sort of I'm I'm the logical, smart, rational maniac, which can be sometimes more threatening, uh, right. particularly because she's going to use his son against him. But consistently, right. it didn't, you know, Gal Gadot seemed more cruel to him. And I didn't even understand that relationship of there's so much that's unspoken and alluded to in dialogue. And I do want to say that that's something that I usually like in films. And because they weren't spoon feeding us the dialogue, I want to give the movie credit for that because they did a good job of showing us and not telling us the things that did happen in the story. uh, You know, it's not something that we had to have it explained to us. So, so that I think they did well, especially with a story that's this convoluted. That being said, there was all this deus ex machina and there were all these things kind of written in to get us there. And that might be because they were so afraid of putting exposition on screen. One of the other things that really bothered me is that whenever it seemed that they were doing a creative shot, uh, mechanically now, talking about camera placement, it was always the camera was always placed in a place where there was no point of view from anyone. So it was that third or that God's eye view, wherever it, it, it wasn't from above by any stretch of the imagination. But for example, when uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor had been sort of beat down by the Russians toward the end, they did a shot that was through the glass of the window of the car that he drove in. But there was nobody there. there you know, they, they did it. It was just a shot that they set up for, you know, and we've talked about this in movies before. I think famously we talked about it in, in, in Child 44 way back when, where they would place a camera in the forest to show something that was happening and it really it doesn't make any sense to an audience member to think okay we have a camera that's just shot through something for the sake of doing it it i guess it's meant to add an artful look to the to the scene but for me it just took me out of it it was another thing of like i don't have a person here that i'm taking a perspective of it's i'm just stepping back and you're reminding me that i'm not part of this movie so that was really disappointing as well i think though the reason why i want to talk about the show and not tell piece is because i think you're going to be surprised when we get to my flick chart ranking because i think i actually ranked it a little bit higher than we would have thought because it did such a great job of not spoon feeding me uh what we got there uh, in general this movie didn't have anything that i liked but i i guess i kind of made apologies when i was going through it because i figured if you're someone who likes the departed or you like this kind of betrayal and corruption and cop stuff you might actually kind of like this movie especially if you're just going to stream it i I saw it on amazon prime but but for me i there's nothing in this movie for me to like well yeah that's that's my big struggle with this because i we talk about who you'd recommend this to and i really struggle to recommend this to anybody because i think anyone that enjoys this genre is going to be just severely disappointed, particularly when you look at this cast. And I think what it it promises to deliver in the you know opening fifteen or twenty minutes that it fails to deliver on, I I struggle to recommend it. There there are parts that I remember, and you know I think there's some some visual. I won't say it's great camera work or something that was very distinctive, but it, it seemed to fit the genre really well, which is the opening heist that, you know, I, I mentioned. I thought that played out very well in the, the car chase thereafter. But there's also a, a scene where they're, they're in like housing projects and there, there's a, a, you know, foot chase through, through there. And I thought, okay, it, it kept me engaged. It was 
interesting. It was exciting. What's going to happen? Where is this going? Are they going to catch the guy? Is somebody going to get shot? How is this going to play out? Those are the two parts of this film that I really remember as I'm enjoying this movie. And, and, and that's it. Everything else is a lot of, again, you've got a lot of dialogue that's alluding to things, which yes, along with you, I appreciate that. I don't need it spoon fed to me, but if you're going to allude to things and give me those clues, there's got to be a payoff or delivery to them. And I feel like it, it did not do that. I, I am able to piece everything together, but there's no reward to figuring those things out. There's no reward to, to, starting to you know know that when Kate Winslet talks about her sister's poor choice in men when she's talking to Chuatel that, <laughs> that she's, she's actually, actually talking about Gal Gadot yeah right that she's talking about you know his his ex and you know her poor choice in men she's basically insulting him and I catch that right. later on and I thought okay but there's that, no way for you to know that when she's having that speech right there's zero. And so then, I, then I expect you know sort of the payoff of that to come later of another interaction between the two now that I have been given enough clues to piece that together that okay now i'm gonna see them interact in a way where having that knowledge now is going to benefit me some way and no it it doesn't and it just in my you know estimation this is a film that just i hate to say this just fails to deliver on so many levels and i i want to give credit to a to a film that's, that has potential but there's just so many things that i can't say Yes, it's it's a you know a poor film, but there's this thing that's that's redeeming about it, and I I can't point to anything that's redeeming in the performances. I don't want to say they're phoning it in, but there is nothing really outstanding that I can point to. They've played some of the you know they've played these types of characters before, so I've seen this before. So give well, me something maybe new and Gal Gadot fresh. is the only thing because you know you may have heard me clicking, but I literally was looking at her press photos uh, as we were talking about this because she is still stunning as ever. And, and oh she, yeah, she has maybe what four lines in the entire film, but she delivers them fantastically. She she <laughs> because she's not overdoing it, right? She's very right. simple in playing her yes. role. Whereas like you think about yeah. Woody Harrelson or Kate Winslet or even. Aaron yeah. Paul, uh, you know, playing yeah. this Gabe Welch character where it's like, uh, I mean, he's so over the top in what he's doing and I like him so yeah. much, but it's like too much, man. Reel it back. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, a, a big disappointment for me, uh, which is a rarity here on the trailer rewind. Usually we find these hidden gems that we can right. easily recommend to people and say, yes, go find this on stream and you're going to enjoy it. It's perfect for an afternoon or for a friend. So I think that the big thing here is after you hear us talk about this, you should look at this cast and find these people that you like. Cause there's so many people in this cast that, and, and they spread, like you mentioned, Marvel, DC, you know, uh, walking dead. There's, there's even, you know, there's a whole bunch of different stuff here. There's a whole, they, they span the pop culture landscape for having an actor that you're going to like. And they're all likable people. There's, you know, these are all people that people go to see movies about. So if you're willing to, try it out that would be a reason and if you like the sort of cop betrayal drama shoot 'em up kind of thing you might actually have some simple enjoyment with this movie but if you're looking for a story or that kind of you know or you want some really great performances or something i would say go back to felony right we saw that last last month yes. and i think yes. felony has has a different level of storytelling and a different level of meaning i really like that movie this one is more it's sort of, you know, here it is. Here's the straightforward betrayal thing. You know, you just come and take a look at this. That's what that movie's all, this movie's all about. Whereas Felony was content with, I'm going to tell a simple story 
with a few characters and get sort of into the dynamics of that of their relationships with each other, um, which I think is you so eloquently put it. What people are crap. That's just humans are crap, <laughs> right? right. Um, yeah. Here we we're trying to you know this film is trying to have complex stories and you know multiple you know interactions with people and it stories crossing over and it's try it's striving for so much but falling so far short where you could easily take this and simplify it and focus on one just one storyline and maybe that would work so much better but it it tried to accomplish far too much and didn't deliver on any one one part of it and so that's really why I just yeah I can't recommend this at <laughs> all to anyone I it's, and the thing is I I don't hate it so much that it's like oh I regret it I that's two hours of my life that I'm never gonna get back and I'm angry about losing that time because I you know there are I was bored but at least I was hopeful that there was the potential to deliver on a promise. And I guess it wasn't so much that I was, you know, going to turn it off and walk away and say, there's no point to this. I kept waiting for the payoff. And it was, I guess that's probably my biggest frustration is I kept waiting because I keep seeing the potential and I'm waiting for the payoff and it never delivers versus a movie that just is clearly not going to. Uh, and, and that where I would say, Oh, don't even bother. I guess you, you can allow yourself to be led down that path of, you know, illusion that there's something greater happening in this movie um and and maybe maybe that will deliver for some people they'll they'll be able to to get that but but not for me on this one <laughs> well so now now after talking about this if we go to flick chart like you're gonna be really surprised at where my flick chart is and after actually talking about us i feel like i should we, i should re-rank it but i'm not going to because i want the rationale to come up to talk about why i put it where i did so it landed at 130 for me out of 175 which puts it at 26 percent, which sounds low right but that puts it right underneath odd thomas which i agree it's not as good as on thomas but it puts it above okay. cuban fury And I think the reason, like, and I liked Cuban (laughs) Fury too, but I want to say that, you know, I think I was making apologies for this movie while I was ranking it because I was trying to say that this movie was not made for me. Right. And I, and I can recognize that. So I was trying to give it at least some credit for doing that. Um, but I think that if I went back and re-ranked it after looking at it, the thing that bounced it up here is that it came down against another trailer rewind movie, which was the two faces of January. And I felt like I didn't, I wasn't qualified enough in in this genre to know if it was lesser than the two faces of January. Cause the only, I remember the only thing that I really liked about the two faces of January was the artful camera work. So, so I said it was better than that, but you know, honestly, and after our conversation, I probably would put it lower. Where did it end up for you? So <laughs> it sank to the bottom. Oh wow. It's that bad. 311 out of 312, which puts it at 0%. So I just I now I went through it once and it ended up a, a little bit higher, but th- there was a couple of things where I thought, eh, no, you did re rank it. I so I I did I said I'm not I'm not happy with this this ranking because I see somewhere some along way. the way I, I said yeah I said well maybe it's better than this well uh, you know what it was it was the anomalisa factor. It comes up against Anomalisa. And the first time I said, no, no, I'll put this over Anomalisa because right. I I don't think I'm going to watch Anomalisa again. Ever again. Right. But then I, as, as I thought about it, I said, well, no, but Anomalisa 
is not a film I'm going to watch again, but it it succeeded Creative. and and did something that was that was in, I guess you say enjoyable. It's challenging. I, I would that never that say film. enjoyable with that movie. <laughs> it's, but, uh, it's, but it's it was or entertaining. Yes, yeah. it was creative, and I I was not disappointed because it delivered what it was what I was expecting from it. So when I re-ranked and said, "No, you're not," I'm going to pick Anomalisa over this. Then it, it sort of fell straight to the the bottom. So it's interestingly just so my bottom bottom film of all time right now is All the Boys Love Mandy Lane, which was okay. a horror slasher teen movie and then so it's above that and just below another horror film the ruins which was about teenagers in like central oh, yeah, america with the one. with the the plants and stuff so which yeah so it's it's down down in there so i i so gave low. it i give it one star i was thinking okay. maybe two but i'm like no one because i'm not going to and i wouldn't wish it on on anybody so that's that's where. So again, what I would put it is two and a half, but I'd put it two and a half with a not like, with a dislike. Okay. So that's yeah. where I'm sitting on it. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> well, you had to watch it in multiple sittings. I, I that that's too bad. That's frustrating. Yeah. I, well, because I just got bored and I was like, okay, I'm watching it later in the evening. I'm like, I'm gonna fall asleep. I gotta stop right. this and just <laughs> take a break because I. This where we are in the story. I should be engaged and compelled with like we're in Act You're Two. We're getting to Act Three. This is gonna desensitized yeah, by all that gun violence. Yeah, I yeah <laughs> I I don't know. So yeah, I'm I'm ready to uh, clear this from my my palette, my visual palette, and get something else. So I'm there's good stuff coming up. It's a big month. Yeah, uh, next week. Next week, Deadpool Two comes out. Yes. I am gonna be in Sweden. But I think I might try to see it in Sweden <laughs> to see. Well, first of all, I don't know if it is released worldwide. So I have to see about that. But I'm really interested to see if it's different in Sweden, too, because I'll definitely watch it here. Oh, so, yeah. So there's that. Oh, yeah. And then Solo's the week you. after that. So it's it's big, big yeah. day. I'm going to see both those movies it's for sure. Big, big fun film. So I'm looking forward to those. Yes, there's plenty to be looking forward to. So I'm going to stop looking back at this and look forward to all the great <laughs> fun things that we have going on. So very good. Yes. All right. Well, everybody, all of our listeners out there, please, you can skip triple nine unless, <laughs> unless you really die hard for like those people. Cop, cop, if you like those cop people, action it's film. a long list. Yeah. Yes. Great. Cast. But uh, yes, please head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. It helps other film fans discover us. And we hope you've enjoyed our triple nine discussion. I want to give a special thanks to Pete Wright for editing our episodes and making us always sound good. The good doctor. If there's something about this film that we missed, if you've seen this and you want to, you've got a good counter argument, or if there's something about this, you wish we'd discuss, please let us know on Facebook yes. or Twitter at the next reel. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us uh, where we're wrong. Make some points for us to defend this film or, or fight with us. us on this one. Let's hear exactly. It. Yes. There we go. Well, JJ, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Have a great night. Hot Andy, according to my friend, Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you 
to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching, all sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. Sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash Letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well. 